Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This episode of Everything Under the Sun is sponsored by NHTSA. A child's body temperature rises three to five times faster than an adult's, and leaving a child in a hot vehicle can lead to their death very quickly. Tragically, in 2020, 24 children died of pediatric vehicular heat stroke, and many of these incidents occurred when parents or caregivers simply forgot the child was in the car. Please set yourself reminders on your cell phone or place something you'll need in the back seat so you don't forget your child. Always look for your baby before you lock. From AccuWeather.com, this is Everything Under the Sun. It's our weekly podcast with stories and information in more of an in-depth look at things that you need to know and want to talk about with our goal of helping weatherproof your life as we go through the seasons. And we are coming to the end of the spring season. Remember, we've told you in the past that meteorologists use the months to delineate summer, spring, fall, and winter. June, July, and August, meteorological summer. And as we make the turn from May to June after this weekend, we'll start our summer series next week. But in our final episode here in the spring 2021 series, episode 12, got a couple of great topics to talk about. Coming up in our second segment, our weather for the week and week beyond, a special visit from our hurricane expert, Dan Kotlowski. He'll be talking about a hurricane seminar that's coming up on June 1st from AccuWeather.com. We'll give you information at the end of that segment on how you can join and learn about hurricanes and what we're thinking about the hurricane season. Also talk about this weather for this upcoming Memorial Day weekend. Some have it great. And a lot have not so great weather, especially up along the eastern seaboard. Dan Kalowski joins me in our second segment. But in our first Rays of Focus segment, something that's near and dear to my heart and certainly has seen an explosion in interest, especially over the last year or so, and that is camping. We'll be joined by the president and CEO of KOA Campgrounds to talk about the camping craze that's going on in our world and what you may need to think about if you're getting ready to do some camping this summer. And that's all coming up in this episode. Friends, it's time to sit back and listen and relax as we talk about everything under the sun from AccuWeather.com. Camping and outdoor living has been in my DNA since I was a kid. Our family uh, went to a cabin and used to spend a lot more times in the woods and the mountains than we ever did at the beaches, and certainly we've known that. And then over the years, the last 15 years, my partner Joel and I, we have spent a lot of our summer weekends with friends and family members at campgrounds uh, across the Northeast. Um, certainly the interest in camping is exploding here over the last year with it being a very good alternative, at least last summer in terms of the COVID-19 restrictions. And even as we're coming out of those restrictions, I think a lot of people have discovered the amazing freedom of being on the road and settling down either for a day or a week in a beautiful area complete with a campground. And, you know, one of the iconic brands in this industry is that KOA sign that you see on the road. KOA Campgrounds has been around for a long time, and we're sitting down here 
Today with Toby O'Rourke, president and CEO of Campgrounds of America, which owns KOA, the world's largest system of private campgrounds with over 525 franchised and company-owned locations across North America. Toby joined KOA in 2011 as the company's digital marketing director and then shortly thereafter started leading the marketing organization, worked her way up to president and CEO, and she's a very great ambassador for this amazing company located in Montana, but stretching across the United States and Canada. Toby O'Rourke joins us here on Everything Under the Sun. So, Toby, excited to uh, talk to you about this. I've been a camper myself for about 15 years. Um, A lot of uh, uh, kind of campground camping, maybe some people might even call it glamping. So uh, it's certainly been something that's been in part of my DNA, but it was amazing here over the last year or so, especially with the pandemic and last summer when travel and recreational options were limited seems like folks rediscovered the joys and wonderful things that camping can bring to your life. And certainly your company, KOA, has uh, benefited from that. Uh, has to be kind of exciting times to be in the camping industry right now. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you for having us on to talk about camping, because like you said, it's part of your DNA. It's a part of the DNA of a lot of Americans. In fact, 86 million households consider themselves campers. You know, For many people, this is something they grew up with. And maybe they're they're just rediscovering it again for the first time. What we did see through the pandemic is a lot of people started camping for the first time or came back to camping after many years away. In fact, almost half of people who camped last year were first-time campers or had restarted. And so we love seeing this resurgence of interest in camping and in the outdoors. I mean, it's obviously very healthy for our business, but I think it's healthy for the country. You know, there's so many good aspects from mental health benefits to spending time with family in the outdoors. So uh, you can't beat, you can't beat spending time in the outdoors. And, and the thing that I find with camping is the, the new friends and family that you meet and make along the way. That's one of the joys of it. I think sometimes when we're traveling in and out of hotels, boom, boom, we kind of stick to our little room. Yeah. We may see some people at the uh, breakfast bar in the morning, just a cursory high, but when you're in a campground, You really get to know the people around you and you get exposed to many different things in terms of life. You can learn so many new things. So it's not only the joys of being outdoors, but it's the joys of getting to know other people as well. Yeah. You know, we always talk about campground as being like a small community, like a small town. Even I'm from a very small town. My hometown had 700 people, uh, Southwest Montana. So I know all about that idea of, you know, everybody, everyone's friendly. It's a great environment, right? To raise your families. And that's what a campground's like. You're right. People don't walk you know, down the hallway in the hotel and knock on the door and ask for a beer. Like at a campground, people will come over and comment on the RV you're driving, or the kids will ride bikes down the path together or, and become fast friends. You don't see that happening at a hotel. No, you that, don't. That would be the, pretty scary. The other uh, thing that I think happens in a campground too is people helping each other out. Uh, my partner and I, we've become savvy campers. And so we've got all the little tricks in the trade and the bells and whistles and the things. And and then as so many people, we saw this last year camping for the first time. Um, it's that community of getting everybody uh, together. You know, maybe somebody forgets a tarp or whatever or something that they need. That community in the campground seems to build around that and help people. So if you are a little 
nervous about going out camping and doing that. A place like a KOA campground has to be a good first choice because you're going to have the experience of not only the staff at the campground, who's obviously very experienced in helping people have a good time, but all those around you trying to also have a good time as well. Campers are help each other. There's definitely a sense of community and there's a lot of new people out there camping for the first time. You know, estimate over 10 million new households camped for the first time last year. They may not know how to run that RV. They may not know how to build a fire. Um, you're, you're right. Likely that camper next to you is going to help you. And I do agree. I think KOA or other private campgrounds are a great place to go because you have staff that can help. You know, we all wear yellow shirts at KOA and that stands for our service and hospitality and willingness to help. And that is a perfect place for a first time camper to go. Toby, let's talk about uh, KOA Campgrounds with a K, uh, Campgrounds of America, an iconic brand, a lot like AccuWeather in terms of the weather, but KOA. Now, uh, this is a, a network and a company that kind of takes this network of these are privately owned campgrounds, though, right? So the folks are kind of using you as kind of an umbrella group of, of support and the ability to add so many nice amenities. And as I looked at things, I didn't realize this, but um, KOA has three different types of campgrounds, which kind of help you. And when you think about it, you know, sometimes you have a different camping styles. You know, you may be on the road trying to get from one area to another and you need to stop off and have maybe just a quick day camp or evening and, and then get back on the road. There are some that become more of a base camp for activities around that area. And then there are some that you go to and that's your vacation. The campground is the vacation, the holiday campground. So uh, interesting the way you guys have broken that out into three subsets. Well, you described it perfectly. Uh, I'm glad our marketing is working. <laughs> you definitely picked up on what the segmentation represents. But yeah, for more context on KOA, we're the world's largest network of private campgrounds in the whole world. We have 525 locations across the U.S. and Canada. And you're right. These are privately owned businesses. They are open to the public. You don't have to have a membership to camp with us. These are privately owned. These are franchisees. We're a franchise organization, just like many franchises in the hospitality world. And similar to that, we have segmentation we've applied to our system because it is so large. We wanted to provide more context for the experience you can expect at a campground when you arrive there. So if you're traveling, a KOA journey might be the right stop for you as you're going from point A to point B. Uh, easy access from the highway, great pull-through sites. It's all designed around convenience for that traveling camper. And then our KOA holiday, you know, probably close to where you live. It might be a great base camp for adventure outside of a national park or even close to your own community. You're going to see patio RV sites. You're going to see deluxe cabins, a little more recreation. And we do have KOA resorts. And the idea out of KOA resort is you don't even have to leave the campground. So we'll have more things like food service and more amped up recreation for entertaining your whole family. But we do have a lot of places to camp uh, across the country in pretty much every state. And there should be a KOA close to home. And you can find all of those on our website, koa.com. There's a KOA close to my home here at the headquarters of AccuWeather State College, Pennsylvania. And there's one up the road here called the Belfont State College. It's one of the holiday ones. And uh, it's gorgeous. Um, we drive by it all the time and say, you know, I live only like 10 miles away, but I might want to just go and do a little vacation right over there. And, and then the other thing I think sometimes people say, well, I want to go camping, but I don't have the money for a big RV. Uh, KOA not only caters to RVs, but we've got cabins, we've got other unique lodging, tent sites. I mean, my partner and I 
enjoy, especially when the weather's good. A, a tent camping weekend is just as good sometimes as being in a big old RV, right? Oh, absolutely. So the majority of people that camp, camp in tents, you know, bring your own tent, pitch a tent. All KOAs have tent sites and we serve that tenting camper. We have RV sites, as you mentioned, that, you know, our business has been designed around the recreational vehicle um, traveler. And that has had exploded in popularity through the pandemic. So there's lots of different types of RV sites at our parks. We also have lodging and various forms of accommodation. So our deluxe cabins have bathrooms and kitchens, all those comforts you might expect at a hotel, but you have the great outdoors. Right outside of your cabin, you can build a fire. Your kids can play in the playground, um, go to the swimming pool. So I think that's pretty special to have that best of both indoor and outdoor worlds with our cabin product. And glamping, you know, quote unquote, glamour camping is becoming more and more popular. And yes, it a is. third of our parks have some form of glamping. That could be canvas tents, you know, yurts, tree houses, what have you. There's a lot of different ways to camp, which is what I think makes it so fun. So through this last year and a half, as we've gone through the uh, the pandemic, uh, uh, certainly I think this has emerged as becoming one of the safest ways for people to travel Admit still concerns about the pandemic, because even though you have a sense of community in the campground, you can still keep a little bit to yourself if you that's what you're more comfortable with. So, you know, what we saw, the emergence of that trend in 2020 seems like uh, for those who still have concerns, it's still something that they can point to in this uh, here in 2021. Yeah, that's right. We asked people last year, we do a lot of research at KOA, we asked people to rank different forms of travel, and they ranked camping at the top of that list, both campers and non-campers alike, in terms of safety. We did that in the spring, we did it again in the fall, and we did it again this spring. People view camping as a safe vacation option in light of everything that's happening in the world right now. And that's because we're outdoors versus indoors. There's natural physical distancing that occurs between sites. A lot of people are camping with their own equipment. They're in that RV or in that tent. You know, in, in an RV, that's a self-contained unit, right? And you have your own bathrooms, your own kitchens, you're making your own food. And a lot of people gravitated towards that during the pandemic and still are doing so because it is a safer form of vacation option in their mind. Right. And, and also, I think it just gives you so much um, bang for your buck in terms of having so many things to do in that little area. I mean, you know, some of these uh, resort hotels, I mean, yeah, the room is beautiful. The area down the lobby may be nice, but then that's it. You have to go home and find out your own recreation and things like that. That's all built in, in and around KOA. I, what's the data now? I can't imagine anything less than just uh, off the charts in terms of reservations as we head into this summer of 2021. I, I think your folks must be uh, struggling to keep up with reservations this uh, summer. Yeah, you're right. So 2019, again, pre-pandemic was our best year in history. We're a 60-year-old company. Highest numbers and reservations we had were in 2019. We're tracking 30% above 2019 right now. So we are definitely busy. Uh, advanced reservations on the books are 67% ahead of where they were this time wow. in 2019. So That's people amazing, are yeah. going in. It's not just KOA, you know, any outdoor oriented vacation option, outdoor recreation is seeing banner years because people want to be outside. And, you know, after being indoors for so long, people are turning to the outdoors and droves and, and it's very promising for all of us. But uh, I would definitely recommend people make reservations in advance. In the old days, you used to be, even old days, I say even five years ago, you used to be able to maybe have a little more flexibility in your travel planning and see where the road takes you. Uh, we definitely now recommend people make their reservations to ensure they have the spot at the site that they want when they get there. 
So in these uh, last few weeks, we talked to uh, the gentleman from Burpee Seeds. We've talked to uh, some other folks in in terms of the resurgent business. Um, so for you folks at KOA, I mean, just how exciting is this? And what are you trying to do now to keep this trend growing here as we go through the next couple of years? What are some things that you may be looking at, some innovations that you could bring to the table at KOA here coming in the next few years? There's a lot of things we're excited about. We're excited about the changing demographic of campers. We're seeing a lot more younger campers. When I started at KOA 10 years ago, this was largely a baby boomer activity. It was pretty pretty white, very much Caucasian, older demographics. Now we're seeing younger people camping. We're seeing more diversity. Over half of all new campers last year were from um, non-white demographics. There's a lot of, you know, changing happening, changes happening in camping, which is exciting for the future growth of the of the company and of the the activity. In terms of innovations, uh, we obviously want to understand what appeals to these new campers. We're constantly looking at how we integrate more technology into our campgrounds. You know, you don't want to um, interrupt the experience, but you want technology to be an aid to the experience. So Wi-Fi is super important in camping. That might seem <laughs> yes. counterintuitive, but that's definitely what guests play back to us. They want good Wi-Fi. But we're also looking at, you know, how is technology going to change our every aspect of our lives and what will naturally come into the campground? A couple of years ago, we did a project called Campground of the Future, where we were looking just at that. What trends are impacting how we shop, how we engage with our kids in schools, and what sort of those things will come into our campground environment? So, you know, I don't know what the future looks like, but we may see more tech integration in terms of robotic delivery of firewood, for example. <laughs> you know, that's a ways out there, but you see that happening on, on college campuses. I'm sure yeah. that's that's happening near you right now. And so those are things we we keep an eye on. You know, right now, the big trend is electronic vehicles or electric vehicles, right? And so we're right. looking at charging stations on our campgrounds for those vehicles. But I have no doubt that an electric RV is just around the corner. So we have to be prepared for that as well. Absolutely. Um, and one of the things that I think that makes diversity now in the camping world so fun is one of my favorite parts about camping is, you know, if you're in a campground where you got a lot of different kinds of people and you're making your dinner and it smells really good, the folks next door have a dinner that smells just as good and maybe something you've never had before. And there's always sharing, I find, the campgrounds in that situation. It's great stuff. I would say uh, food is probably something that everyone rallies around on a campground. It's, mm-hmm. You probably put the most effort into planning your your meal planning and your food preparation before you get there. We do a lot of work in helping people figure out what to pack, what to cook, what, you know, how do they you know, meal plan for camping. And you're right. Once you're at the campground, there's a, those smells that fill the campground. <laughs> um, that's part of the experience. Absolutely, it is. And a lot of sharing. Absolutely. Toby, I appreciate the time. Best of luck. Congratulations on, uh, you know, I think through your innovation and leadership over the last 10 years, uh, this company looks strong and certainly poised to uh, be ready to meet these challenges going forward. It's uh, been a great conversation and we look forward to seeing you out on the road on the campground. Okay. Absolutely. Thanks for having us and hope you have a great summer of camping. If you would like more information about KOA and their campgrounds and all the amazing services and information they offer, it's an amazing website. Uh, It's very easy. KOA.com. Iconic brand, just like AccuWeather.com. KOA.com. Thanks again to Toby O'Rourke. We hope to check in with her again soon. 
Hope that you have happy trails camping. Are you going to have a good camping experience, bad camping experience? Are you going to have a good beach experience or a bad beach experience or something in between this Memorial Day weekend? And how does the hurricane season look? We're about to get into the official start of the Atlantic hurricane season. We'll talk with Dan Kedlowski about all of that and more up next. This is Everything Under the Sun from AccuWeather.com. This podcast is sponsored by NHTSA. Leaving a child in a hot vehicle can lead to their death very quickly. Look for your baby before you lock. Welcome back to Everything Under the Sun in our final episode of the spring series here in 2021 as we get ready to turn the corner through the Memorial Day weekend into June, into meteorological summer, and also into hurricane season because uh, the official hurricane start uh, season starts here in just a few days. And our own Dan Kotlowski is joining me for a twofold purpose here today on Everything Under the Sun, not only to uh, talk about the updated hurricane forecast, but also take a quick look at this weekend ahead, which for some people looks amazing. Middle of the country looks great. They're going to have a nice cool down, nice day. And then in other places, like along the eastern seaboard, looks a little rough. So we'll get to that here in a minute. Dan, good morning here as we record this uh, and a good day to you. I know things have been busy and really started to heat up last week when we had our first storm named. In fact, it was kind of a, a race. We thought we maybe could have two storms named. We had not only the circulation in the Atlantic around Bermuda, which became Anna, and of course fizzled out. But we also had that circulation in the Western Gulf that almost uh, became Bill before coming on shore. So here we are off to a fast start. You know, one thing that, you know, we talked about this the last time you were on is remember the Hurricane Center and the World Meteorological Organization, they had some discussion about starting the Atlantic Basin hurricane season a little bit earlier, May 15th, because what, it's now 10 years in a row we've named a storm mm-hmm. before the traditional start of the season. So came to fruition again. Here we are off to a fast start. Yeah. One thing I want to point out, it, it didn't. we didn't start naming tro- uh, subtropical storms till uh, 2002. Okay. Uh, and uh, the technology we have now is so much better now that I think uh, Anna would have been a good example where we probably would not have had the really good information we have now to call it a, a storm, you know. So, so we didn't have as much great satellite imagery to watch. And really, I mean, right. now with GOES 16 and, and 17, I mean, you can, like we've talked about on this podcast before, you can see down to the cloud here locally, it seems sometime, and one see one little cloud. Uh, so yeah, that and radar, and then obviously more um, uh, ships and all those kinds of stuff, collecting more and more data. So you're right. I mean, that's that's certainly uh, leading to the increased number. But, you know, we at AccuWeather had our hurricane forecast out at the end of March. You know, National Hurricane Center came out with their update just a week or so ago. We're right in line with that. We've been saying an above mm-hmm. average hurricane season in terms of number of name storms, potential for strong storms, potential for land integration. Uh, so uh, here we go. We're continuing this cycle of being above average in terms of hurricane season. Exactly. We're still forecast same numbers we put out in March, uh, 16 to 20 uh, name storms of those storms, seven to 10 hurricanes and of those hurricanes, uh, three to five. So and uh, again, three to five uh, impacts on the United States on average. The United States is hit by a tropical storm or hurricane, uh, uh, usually two or three times on an average year. We're expecting this to be uh, higher again than, than normal. Uh, you know, the, the two things we look at are water temperature and uh, how much 
shear across the basin. The water temperature is kind of interesting. You mentioned how we could have had Bill as a, as a named storm. And that reason why that storm did not intensify is because water temperatures in the western Gulf of Mexico are actually averaging below normal. It's simply because it's been so stormy there. They've yeah, had, it has, they, right. They've been they, bumbling, yeah, bumbling up a lot of storms. Yep, absolutely. Yep. And so the water's been churned up quite a bit. And so you bring that cooler water up and that's the reason why. So I have a feeling if we did not have such an active pattern, we probably would have had Bill. But by the same token, we probably wouldn't even had development there anyhow because of the way the weather sets up. Uh, but when you look at uh, the water temperatures elsewhere, uh, water temperatures are relatively warm, especially in the uh, off the southeast coast of the United States, mm-hmm. well off the coast. And uh, in the cent- south central Atlantic, where there's a high pressure area sets up you know, uh, year round, that's called the Bermuda Azores High. When the pressure or when the water temperatures are warmer than normal, that surface high tends to weaken through the hurricane season, which simply means the trade winds across the Atlantic and the Caribbean are a little bit lower, and that allows the water temperatures to warm even more. So we kind of think that will be the case this year. The, the, uh, we, the shear is the other thing Where's the westerlies going to be? Well, right now we're we're kind of in a neutral pattern as far as between El Nino and La Nina is concerned, but we're leaning still toward a La Nina type situation of Pacific. And people say, well, why do you look at the Pacific to determine what the weather is going to be in the Atlantic? Well, the Pacific actually helps drive the way the upper air pattern sets right. up. When the Pacific waters are warmer than normal south of Hawaii, you tend to see uh, the westerlies dip down more frequently into the tropics. When the water temperatures are cooler or more closer to normal, uh, the the westerlies tend to stay north of the tropics. When we go into a La Nina, which is cooler water than normal south of Hawaii, that simply means that the westerlies don't come into the tropics nearly as frequently. That creates more opportunity for tropical development. And that's kind of the reason why we're going above normal this season. One other thing I remember from our last talk, one of the analogs that you were lose, using and, and, and one of the things that you saw and I've been still seeing, we just saw it again, is these intense ranges, uh, uh, swings in temperature over the United States, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, we had these deep dives of Arctic air in the winter, then it would just go opposite and get really warm. And then we just saw another one of these where uh, last week or now now what's happening is those are lasting a little longer, right? So we had Mm -hmm. about a week and a half where after a cruddy start in a lot of areas and Great Lakes and Northeast, uh, start of May was real below average. Then it just turned on a dime. We were way above average. Everybody's saying, oh, it's summer and we're flocking to the beaches last weekend. And now the response is another deep dive of chilly air. that's going to send folks not scurrying to the beaches, but maybe, well, to take a nap this weekend, especially along the eastern seaboard. It's not looking good. So, again, that plays into this uh, busyness that we're expecting here as we go through the hurricane season, correct? Exactly. One of the, one of the metrics that we use to do, to look at the overall upper air pattern across uh, North America and even into Europe is what they call we call an NAO, uh, the uh, North Atlantic Oscillation. And usually, when that's negative, that generally brings us to cool wa- cool weather like we've seen. Okay, and, so and let's that, and- let's explain that for two seconds. So oscillation means change up and down. So this mm-hmm. is the oscillation of the water temperatures. They go up and then they come down, right? So well that's actually it's actually based on surface pressure. Surface uh, but it pressure, okay. But it does it but it does impact 
water temperature to some degree. To some because, degree. Yeah. So when the pressure, when the when the pressure, when there's a, what we call uh, high pressure uh, over the Atlantic and deep low pressure over uh, areas like Greenland and Iceland, that's when you that's when you get that uh, negative NAO. Okay. So. The high pressure to the south, low pressure to the north is negative. If you mm-hmm. flip that, the more high pressure to the north, low pressure to the south, then it's positive, right? Exactly. All to right. So now, yeah, right, right. See, this is what we try to do here, yeah. Dan, on everything under the sun. We demystify these. Exactly. Charts, right. Exactly. So, so there. So what's that looking like right now in the NAO? Well, well, right now the NAO is quite negative. In fact, it's probably one of the neg- most negative uh, values we've had. Uh, I mean, if you take the top 10, it's one of the top 10 negative values we've seen simply mean that's been pretty dominant over the northeastern U.S. And what that does is that forces that Bermuda Azores high pressure area I just talked about that controls where storms move, takes that high and shoves it a little bit further to the east and sometimes to the south. So if the high is a little bit further east and a little bit further south than than what it was last year, that changes where these storms will track this season. So that's something we'll be watching during the month of June and July, because that's when the high becomes established across those areas. We're talking with hurricane expert Dan Kalowski and uh, giving you a, a sense and an update as we get ready to start the official hurricane season in the Atlantic Basin here on June 1st, where we are with that. But what we've been just talking about now kind of plays into this forecast for this uh, upcoming weekend and into the week beyond. So we've got another deep dive of this really unseasonably chilly air that's going to go all the way uh, down to the uh, Gulf Coast, a jet stream dips. And what that's going to create is a, kind of an, a closed low in the upper levels of the atmosphere and then some areas of low pressure. They're going to run along it. We're seeing one come through the Great Lakes here as we uh, get into Friday, Friday night. It's up along the eastern seaboard, a real soaker along the eastern seaboard Friday night into Saturday. And then it just kind of lingers. That energy lingers off the coast. I mean, we were trying to dry out New York Friday, uh, Sunday into Monday. It looks like Monday New York is better uh, for Memorial Day, but a place like Boston, they could get some rain on Saturday, maybe take a little break Sunday and they get more rain on Monday. Just not the kind of especially when everybody was flocking to the beaches last week. It's going to be it's going to be quite shocking. I think real feels along the coast on Saturday in the 40s, all the way up and down the Delmarva up into New England. It's going to just be raw and awful. I agree, Dean. It's going to be a, a really chilly um, Memorial Day. I mean, seeing seeing how nice the weather was like you said, a week ago, Hmm. uh, almost summer-like, it will not be that way at all. But you know, when you look at the computer modeling for Monday, it just seems like Monday is going to be a a transition day. So of all the the three days of the weekend, Saturday is probably going to be the worst, like I said, the the worst. Uh, Sunday is still kind of lousy, but then Monday I think will improve. The the morning morning in like Boston on Monday is not going to be very good, and even along the coast uh, all the way down to uh, maybe New Jersey. Right. But I think I think the westerlies really win the day and, and get us and, brighter. Well, I, exactly, I hope so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and we're, and we're going to see that trend in the Great Lakes. They're going to start rotten, like both Chicago yeah. and and uh, Detroit, pretty rotten on Friday with temperatures again there also in the fifties, low fifties, real feels in the forties. But then they will ease out 
you know, if you're in St. Louis, you've got a gorgeous weekend as it uh, builds in the temperatures, 60s through the 70s with nice weather. Atlanta, you're going to have relief from humidity. It's going to be gorgeous there. But that uh, dip in the jet stream does put some showers, I think, are along the Florida, central Florida, northward across the Gulf Coast and over to Texas. And then some pretty heavy showers and thunderstorms as you go west Texas up towards Denver and up into the um, the northern plains uh, as we get uh, into the weekend. Out west, you have warm, comfortable, nice weather. If you want it nice, you want to go to the west coast this weekend. Hopefully some of that moves our way this weekend uh, into next weekend. Uh, it looks like that happens, Dan, is uh, after this cool dip here for the next few days, kind of evens out again as we get into most of next week. Yeah, it looks like things really begin to improve over the eastern United States, uh, especially the northeast uh, during uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday of next week. So temperatures will be back up in well into the 70s and low 80s. So, yeah, should be really nice at that point. Well, it's certainly going to be a good weekend to keep track of your latest forecast, Weatherproof Your Life with AccuWeather.com, our AccuWeather app on Android and Apple and all your devices. And uh, certainly keep an ear here at, you know, the Atlantic Basin quiet here now. It doesn't look like any organized development, what, for the next five, seven days? At least. So, uh, at least, and, and that may last. So uh, it's kind of, I know for folks who may have heard, remember that we talked about Dan's retirement. Dan's kind of staying around in a part-time mode, helping us uh, this as we transition and, and, and get some other folks involved. But it's great to have you, and we'll be checking in with you as we get into the summer series, Dan, as we get heated up here in the tropics, okay? Okay, Dean. Dan and all of our AccuWeather Network coming to bear with our 2021 hurricane season special. It will be on our network starting on Tuesday, June 1st, the premiere of the episode at 8 p.m. It's an hour-long episode coming on the heels of last year's AccuWeather Hurricane Town Hall. As our leading go-to source of weather information, we wanted to get you up to date. And the way to do that is in a one-hour special. Dan Kutlowski will be joined by the director of the National Hurricane Center, Ken Graham, New Orleans Mayor Latoya Cantrell, Hurricane Katrina Incident Commander Colonel Terry Ebert, and Director of the New Orleans Office of Homeland Security and Emergency Management Colin Arnold. A major discussion on how to prepare for this hurricane season, what AccuWeather is thinking in terms of the forecast, and how you can best keep track of this uh, busy Atlantic hurricane season, which is already underway with our first name storm in the books. Again, Dan Kotlowski and the folks from the AccuWeather Network, you can check out the information on that. Uh, just uh, search hurricane season special 2021 special AccuWeather's hurricane season 2021 special if you search that you'll find the information on accuweather.com and certainly you tune into the network on tuesday june 1st at 8 p.m and those folks will be there friends that brings to an end a busy episode where we talk camping hurricanes in this upcoming memorial day weekend as we head into june we switch the calendars we said at the beginning of the episode to meteorological summer begins june 1st and we'll switch our podcast into summer mode The first of our summer series is coming up next week. And in that, we will talk traveling with AAA again. Our friend who's joined us here on a few times so far, Andrew Gross from AAA, will be back with the summer forecast. Maybe talk about some of the things that I brought up to Andrew when we talked earlier in the spring about some of the things that I was encountering, some of the questions that we've been talking about. And we're going to look at that with Andrew coming up next week and also keep a track of the weather and the hurricane situation for you. For our cast of hundreds, our team members across the world to keep you up to date on your weather, keep you weatherproofed on your AccuWeather.com app, our AccuWeather network, and our great media partners across the country. And for our executive producers, Andrew Robin, Ken Prell. 
I'm your host, Dean DeVore. Thanks for being with us. We'll talk to you next week as we start summer on Everything Under the Sun from AccuWeather.com. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Be sure to subscribe to, rate, and review Everything Under the Sun on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. And of course, if you have an idea for a future podcast, just email us at accuweather.podcast at accuweather.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.